You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait, celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 22 of So You Want To Be A Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with the very busy and very talented Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. It's different today. I'm sitting right next to I'm actually sitting on top of you. It's actually very awkward doing a podcast in the same room with someone. It's different. It's we close. haven't done it before. We've always done this in other states, me in while well, living in Sydney and you in Melbourne. So it is very strange. Shall we tell listeners why we're sitting next to each other? All right. Well, we did a, uh, a photo shoot with uh, Val's cats, Rex and Rocky. We did some <laughs> lifestyle. I cast them for uh, a big lifestyle shoot that I'm doing uh, at the moment. And uh, we got them out of the trailer. There was a rider. There was to take all the green kibble out of the mixed kibble, yep. wasn't there? Yep. And um, Rexy was supposed to be the star <laughs> and because that's Val's favourite. But as it turned out, Rocky actually stole the show. He did a very good job. He did his blue steel. Um, he did the look away when he was supposed to. There was a there was a moment where he had to walk off set on cue. Nailed it first frame. Amazing. One of the best models I've ever worked with, Val. And of course, it, that ha- happened because Rexy chucked a tanty and, like a diva, just left the set. Yeah. So the set was completely empty and Rocky simply waltzed in and plonked himself in the exact correct spot and uh, started to pose for Gina. Yep. Nailed it. But anyway, <laughs> I wasn't a stage mother at all. <laughs> Much. <laughs> so Gina has actually been in Sydney for a week do, on a major shoot doing all sorts of, you know, different types of shots. What kind I've of shots have you been doing? all over Sydney. So I've been getting up every morning, Val, at 5 a.m. to be out to catch the sunrise at like around 6 or so. I'm ready to go at 6 and um, working through till about like, you know, cucka light around 6 at (laughs) night, you know, and uh, it's been it's been awesome. It's exhausting. So I've been I'm I'm on three hours sleep a night. I had to have a little nana nap before I came here. I had a little one hour nap in the middle of the day. So (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good. Well, we didn't want to let that stop us getting this podcast no. to you. So uh, we have some questions. So thank you for those of you who've been um, sending in your listener questions. Uh, if you do have a question that you'd like Gina to answer, please do email Gina, news at com. But this question is from Peter. And Peter has said, Hi, Gina, I'm hoping you can cover something in the podcast. I did a TFP on the weekend. And what's TFP, Gina? Uh, trade for prints so it's like shooting for prints in exchange yeah peter said the models were great easy to direct and eager to give their best for me however the makeup artists that originally contacted me were awful i'm trying to go full-time and build a folio my images were good technically but one of the ones i posted on instagram received a comment you need a new makeup artist how would you have avoided this on the day? I can retouch skin and balance colour, but I'm not good enough to fix bad makeup in post. And he and Peter also says nice things for the about the podcast. Keep up the podcast. It's the only one I can play with my wife in the car. <laughs> Love your work. Okay, I'm not really sure what other podcasts you listen to, Peter, but we'll get straight to your question. Gina, what do you reckon? Um, so basically, uh, with uh, makeup artists, it, it, it's um, 
it's something that you need to, if you're going to continue doing uh, fashion and portrait work, you need to find some makeup artists that you're going to work with and keep working with for a long time. So start developing those relationships. So when you're looking for a makeup artist, have a look at their folio and have a really good look. And if that the stuff that you're seeing that they're doing is stuff that resonates with you, you like their style, that's what you want to work with. The other thing I suggest is when you're starting out, start um, with more natural styles of lighting. Don't try and go into that really funky out there avant-garde uh, makeup that I still actually don't understand where they put feathers growing out of their head and pot plants on top of their head and God knows what. So just keep it really clean, natural uh, early on as you're starting out so you're not having those issues. Uh, hang around with, um, like, I, I think it's really important that you make friends with a lot of other photographers so that then you can get referrals from them. You know, people who are working, who are you using? Who do you like to use? And then out of there, try and find like three or four that you can call on regularly. So they would be my tips. Uh, the, the, the bad comment on Instagram is actually quite a rude thing that people um, tend to like now just hide behind, you know, the anonymity of being online and they can say whatever they like. You dis disregard stuff like that. People are always going to be haters, don't you think, Val? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't know who made that comment, or or and I, yeah, and I'm don't I think I don't think it's very necessary, but I think what Gina said is really important. Just because somebody contacts you doesn't necessarily mean they're good or that they're even anywhere near competent. So always review their um, their portfolio or any of the shots that they've already done to make sure that you already click on that front, because otherwise, it's a big investment of your time and it may not work out. Exactly. And I think word of mouth is the best way to get a referral. Someone else has worked with that person. They know they're good. You're not testing them, you know, on the day. So hopefully your next shoot, when you do this kind of scenario, Peter, it'll be more successful. We look forward to hearing about yes. it. But we have a big shout out to Chris Martin, who heard Gina talk about how she was going to MacGyver a treadmill desk because Gina wants to have a treadmill desk and we actually went to try out a few treadmills. <laughs> um, well, Gina did the trying out. I watched. <laughs> and uh, um, Gina was talking about how she wants to create her own treadmill desk so that she can keep walking while she's, you know, using Photoshop uh -huh. or, you know, doing processing of photos. And uh, Chris has actually made a treadmill desk for his How wife cool, huh? and was able to construct one from for se less than $70. That's awesome. That's amazing. He's also um, mentioned that in the spirit of uh, last episode, uh, he did shoot in manual. But, uh, you know, good on you, Chris. Well done for that. But we love the treadmill desk and we're going to put a photo of it in the show notes and it's just so clever the way that you have MacGyvered this. You, it's awesome. You, you win the mantle for yep. MacGyver this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the genius of this is that his wife has actually painted the whole treadmill desk the same colour as the wall. So it actually blends in. It just looks really good. I'm so inspired by this. I'm going to uh, do the same thing, I think. And when we say painted the whole treadmill desk, even the, the running belt. Yep, everything. And all every everything. The plastic, the or every single bit is yep. this. Is, is the same colour as the walls, so it blends in. Well done, Chris. Thanks yeah, for awesome. sending that to us. It's made our day. Yeah. But this week's episode is about flash, but not just about anything to do with flash. Gina's called this flash dance. Yeah. How to shape and control flash to replicate natural light. Mm -hmm. So, Gina, why... Why have you chosen this subject and why? what's your thought process when you do kind of think, you know, I think I might need a bit of flash in this shot and this is how I'm going to do it? All right, so um, we, we talked about in an earlier episode and it's like, Rain Man, you will know when, when what, what episode, <laughs> when, when did we do, oh, when did we do flash? It was a few episodes back I, I, I talked about uh, flash without the need for a science degree, I think. And um, I gave you an all an introduction and I think I touched on a few uh, light shapers and light modifiers that we can use. And it so, was episode 14. Yeah, good on you, Rain Man. That's uh, episode 14. But basically, there are great ways that you can actually control the flash and shape it to do exactly what you want to do. And that's uh, using speed lights or mono blocks uh, and, and put them on the end of the flash and, and, and give you that quality of light, soft or hard, that you want. So um, in this episode, uh, I'm going to cover... Uh, 
whether you need to use uh, cheap or expensive light shapers and, and when to splurge and when to you can MacGyver. Uh, uh, what kind of lighting to use in light shapers to use in different uh, situations so to give you really natural looking results. And then I'm going to break down all the different kinds of light shapers and uh, and what they do and the advantages of disadvantages of each. Well, before you do that, can you define for us what you mean by light shaper? So a light shaper is a, uh, a piece of equipment that goes on the end of the light of a flash that actually controls and shapes where the flash goes and the quality of light that it outputs so you can actually have uh, hard shapes, uh, hard flash light shapers and soft flash light shapers. So, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of uh, light you use, whether you're using flash or tungsten or whatever, you can actually shape and define and, and control that light to however you want it to be. Okay, cool. So what? when do you think that you want to use light shapers? Do you, you almost always use them or do you only use them in very specific scenarios? All right, so here's a thought process that goes on. So I will turn up and have my model in, in a position, okay? Now, if the light is amazing and I don't need any extra light, I will always shoot daylight. So this is my, my first protocol is can I get away with daylight here? And if, it, if the skin tone looks great and there's enough daylight, then I shoot daylight. But if the light is a bit kaka, I'll go with, <laughs> I will add uh, a little bit of uh, flash. And then my thought process from there is what kind of light am I trying to replicate? Is it going to be, is the is the, is it the light hard? Do I want to copy that or is it the light soft? And then that determines what kind of light shaper um, I'm going to use. In case there's anyone out there who's typing kaka into Google Translate. Yeah, it's a word, isn't it? Have you tried to type it in? <laughs> No. Did you try and type kaka in? I bet you if you put it's C-A-C-A, -A. <laughs> what happens when you type kaka I, I, in? I, I'm too scared to, I'm it's too scared just, to try, like, like but basically in, in Gina language, it yeah. means, you know, really crap. So when the light is really crap, yeah, this crap is when light. you... And, yeah. and, and, and by that, I mean, do you know, uh, like just after like the sun goes down on a really dark day, you know, like I call it dirty lighting. It's like it's, it's dull. It doesn't have... It's just like a very heavily overcast day when it's about to pour. Uh, just after the sun's gone down and it's like that grey, dirty light. Um, inside where there, aren't, there isn't any daylight or there's just a little bit, you know, that's those conditions are really dark and heavy light if you photograph particularly portraits in that kind of lighting it's um harsh light just imagine if you're inside like where we are now Val I have to talk about this this lighting just <laughs> isn't doing it for me so you've got like this for portrait lighting I'll just explain you've got like all those like sort of office down lights like those recess like lights yeah and so the, the light we're all being lit from above which means that um it catches in every little like under your eyes look dark um, and, like it's not flattering lighting but at Gina, all. But Gina, if I had like a six pack of you know my abs, and it, I, this is ideal. The, this lighting yeah. is ideal. Yes, yes. This is because it would uh, cast the shadows is, on the six is, pack. Is this why you have it, Val? <laughs> <laughs> this is, <laughs> because I dream. Because I dream of the day that I'm going to have a six. Pack. So this is six pack lighting, but not great. So in this situation, if we, if I was to now take a portrait of you, Val, mm -hmm. I would, um, I would define this as kaka lighting, and I would like put some flash onto your face. So that yes. is a technical term that you almost learn, kaka lighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yes. Go on. All right, so we, we just launch in. Yeah, let, tell us all about when we use light shapers then and how to use light shapers. Okay, so basically um, if you're going to be in that situation where the light is kaka, so I've come in, I'm going to shoot Valerie, I'm going to go and shoot Jan in accounts in her office, she has a very similar kind of lighting or you're just in a situation. And, the other, and sometimes uh, I'm in a situation where there is enough daylight I'm outside, but I'm going to pop in a little bit of extra flash because it just makes the shot look edgier, you know. So that, that might be a case where I will use flash. Now, flash on its own without a light modifier is a really hard light and it's equivalent. It, 
it's like the similar style of light to what the sun would give you if you were outside at midday. Hard, hard if you just pop someone with flash. And you've seen that when you get your uh, smartphone out and you put the flash on and, and try and photograph someone, they, they look terrible. Or if you just have your flash on camera flash or just your um, a speed light without a modifier on, it's hard light. You So you get bright, bright whites and um, heavy dark shadows. And so what happens if you do that on someone's face, you're going to actually define every single pore, every single wrinkle on their face. And no one is ever going to tell you, I love how much detail you've given me in every single wrinkle and every single mm -hmm. pore on my face. No one's ever going to say that to you. And sometimes so, it also reveals your underwear. <laughs> I, um, I mean, you, I, uh, no, I've been in situ so your pants fall down? No, I, I have oh, commissioned a photographer who, <laughs> for an event, I'm not kidding, for an event, and it was really, it was it was slightly overexposed, it was very um, harsh lighting, he did not have a light shaper on there, you know, but he had, he was busy and he had lots of things to do, but there was a particular guest who was wearing a black dress, but... Um, and because it was the the light was just so strong, yeah, it was like an X ray machine, right? And it re it showed, showed underwear, like it, it, underwear that you wasn't the kind that you you know you meant. Was she to wearing show. good underwear? She wasn't. Oh, I don't know the brand they, or anything like but that. They but like, it was great. very clear. Like, right. Okay. So there's another thing I didn't realize that. So <laughs> so naked flash is not. Great. I mean, there are photographers that use it and, and use it really well. Uh, I'm not one of them. And it's like, yeah, I, I, I just don't like what it does to the face. So we can use a light shaper to um, soften the light. I'm, I'm, I'm all about soft lighting, controlling lighting and making people look good. All right. So um, there's a few factors that I consider, Val, before mm -hmm. I um, choose what kind of uh, light shaper to use. Okay. Um, when you're just starting out uh, and you're thinking, well, okay, so I've got my flash and I want to start playing around with maybe uh, soft boxes or umbrellas, there's all sorts of different things. Should you go and, you know, go the whole hog and buy the expensive name brand or do you go the cheapo? My answer, get the cheapo to start with. So when I was starting out and in my kit now, I've actually got like no name brand umbrellas because I actually I constantly break them. So I've, I've said there's no point. The quality of light is exactly the same. So if you want to have like a go at, at using light shapers, you can get um, cheaper brand umbrellas to start with, five timber. And it's not, they're not the ones that you go and buy at the shop for the rain. <laughs> they're, special, they're special ones. But um, I'll, ex I'll explain all of that um, down the track in this in this actual podcast. But also, um, yeah, the as an intro, there are certain ones that you can buy that are um, the cheaper ones. And if you're going to be using them, the, the reason I would spend the big money on them is if you're going to be using them all the time, every day, and for a long time, then I would probably, you know, spend money and, and get a good brand because it's pulling them apart, putting them back together. They, they, they'll, they'll fall apart. You'll end up spending the same money on getting replacements as you will of buying a good one. Give us an indication, though, because you're basically saying go for the – if you're starting out, if this is a hobby, buy the cheaper versions of the various light shapers. Yep. Yep. Just give us some kind of indication, like a – the, the fancy umbrella is about what price? The cheap umbrella is at what price? So you can get good fancy umbrellas for maybe $10, $15, $20, or you can get the name brands for like, you know, 100 or something Right, like so that. not fancy. So, the, yeah. the cheap umbrellas are $10, $15, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and the and, name, yeah, name brand brands, fancy ones about yeah. 100 And soft okay. boxes, you know, you can get them for, again, $20, $30, and then um, you can get the really good ones for three four five hundred dollars Okay. All right, that's the difference. I like the but idea start of saving money. And, and, you know, get your head around the lighting, have a play, and then you can maybe buy a few different styles of light shaper because everyone has a different style that they like to work with. So I'm going to give you a rundown of all the ones that I – like all the, all the different styles of light shapers, and I, I actually encourage you to go and have a play with them all, and then you'll find the one that you go, well, I actually really like – how this light looks and that is also going to be become a part of your style as well so what kind of lighting do you think we should try and replicate and in what situations would we do that all right so basically um when you're like when i'm looking at a shot 
and I've just I've determined that I, a the light is kaka and I need to fill in more light. Right, um, I look at the light around it. So let's say um, okay. So here outside now in in Sydney, uh, it's uh, we, I would define this as kaka light, and of course it's not TV, so you can't see. It's overcast. It's um, the sun has set. It's and and it's like that dead dull light but it's very soft so if so i need to match that kind of lighting so if i want a soft kind of lighting we need to use light modifiers that suit uh, a soft lighting so that would be like something like an umbrella or a soft box and they replicate that soft light so that when you introduce that it's not going to look out of place because the idea is with flash in my opinion it shouldn't look lit if the shot looks lit, then you've overdone it. It should look, you should try and replicate the natural light. You're just helping it along, okay? Mm -hmm. So if you're outside and it's a bright, sunny, hard day, you want to introduce a similar kind of light, which is a hard light. So you would use a light shaper that's going to be a hard light, like a grid spot um, or like a beauty dish. And there's a few others that I'll run through now. So basically, look at your style of light and choose your light modifier to, to match the kind of light that you have. Great. All right? So it's you should be able to look at it and, and not immediately tell that it's been lit outside. All right. So let's go into a bit more detail on some of the actual light shapers and what they do. Okay. And, and just, yeah, just, just, just on that, I'm, I'm picking – and I'm, I'm, I'm referring to now when you're doing portraits in daylight. All right, okay. uh, because obviously, if it was a studio shot, right on a, on a set, then and that's a different kind of lighting okay. as well. Okay. Okay. All right. So basically, uh, we've got our and, light shapers. Yeah. And that's a really good point because so many people think that when they are shooting daylight, they're not using flash. Yeah. But in fact, your flash can really enhance your shot even in daylight. Oh yeah, it can yeah, be. Oh yeah, definitely. it raises it to the next level yeah. if you do it right. Great. But it can also make it look um, not so great if you you know use the wrong light shaper and then it stands out as well. Okay, okay. so basically types of light shapers. So the first one, the umbrella, Ella, Ella, Ella. <laughs> Remember that song? Thank you, Rihanna. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what? Okay. What? So, <laughs> you crack yourself up? I do. Do you um, say that every time you pull out your umbrella, I Ella, Ella? I do I say to the assistants, oh. can you get the umbrella, Ella, Ella? Oh, my Ella. God. <laughs> um, so the umbrella is like the training wheels of uh, light shapers. This is the first light shaper that you should use because basically what it does is it's, it, it will spread light everywhere evenly and softly. And it, it's, it's actually a really good um, uh, replication of, of natural light. So if you're wanting to light a large area, it's really good at that. So, and it's a really good sort of entry into light shapers. It should be your first light shaper. Okay. okay. So, um, they, so like if you want to light a whole room, you could light an umbrella. If you want to light, mm. like to use for light whole groups of people, mm. um, you use umbrellas. So like when they do school portraits of those big portraits, it, it's usually two big umbrellas and that, that lights everyone up as well. Okay. Mm. So they're good light. Um, so the downside of umbrellas is they, they do spread light around everywhere. So mm. if you, like, imagine, this is how I see an umbrella. You know um, when you've got, like, a fireman putting out a fire and he puts on his hose mm -hmm. and the light just sprays everywhere? Mm -hmm. Like, it sprays everywhere and you can't control it? You can't control the light of an umbrella because it just sprays everywhere, mm -hmm. everywhere. Okay. So... If you want to just light a particular area, so say you've got a model um, in a room sitting in front of like a dark wall, okay, and you just want to light the side of his face just nicely, yeah. the umbrella is going to light the side of his face, but it's also going to light everything around mm. it. And so it's just really hard to control. So that's what so I you'll don't, lose don't the dark wall. You'd lose the dark wall because you can't control, you can't really shape. Now, having said that, there's like these new umbrellas that they're bringing out that they're changing that are actually like half a softbox and an umbrella. So um, you can shape them a bit better. But if you're starting out, Start with the umbrella and, um, you know, 
spreading the light around is a good way tell to us, um, start out. Tell us what the umbrella is actually attached to. So the, the umbrella, if you're using uh, a speed light, you can actually get uh, a, a, an adapter that goes on the top. So you've got your voice-activated light stand <laughs> or you have the, the, the non-voice-activated light stand. Um, Please remind manual, listeners. So the voice-activated light stand is actually uh, a friend or an assistant that actually <laughs> holds the light for you and you say, can you move a little bit to the left? <laughs> left. My left. Yep. And all right. And they, they do. When you ask them, they move. Amazing um, technology. It's fantastic. It's like that's so cutting edge. Yeah. And then you've got the normal light stand, which just you put it there and you say, can you move a little bit to the left? And nothing <laughs> happens. It just stays there. So yeah. what do you do? So um, and then you can actually there's an, a, a, an attachment that goes on and the umbrella goes through there for a speed light. Or if you've just got a like a normal monoblock, the, um, the umbrella goes um, in through the actual light itself mm -hmm. and there's different kinds of umbrellas you can actually get where the light um, shoots through the umbrella or you can get the uh, reflective umbrellas where it it bounces into the umbrella and then back onto the person sort of slightly different quality to the light the shoot through is a bit of a harder quality of light to the reflective uh, umbrella and then you can also get them with uh, a silver lining or gold um or, or white on the inside as well so which uh just just a slightly different quality to the light they're that cheap that you could buy a few and just um test them out and and see which one you like if you've got darker skin tones that you're working with silver looks really good um and uh yeah white for for lighter skin tones great all right yeah. so um the one thing about umbrellas is that, um, I mean, they're great, they're the good entry level and you, you sort of, um, good, good way to get your head around uh, using light shapers. The thing that I don't like about umbrellas is because they're um, sort of such a big area and you've got them on the top of a light stand. If you're using them outside, mm. and this is why I don't use them much, is you get a little gust of wind. The whole mm. thing goes over. So I've, I've lost three sort of lights that have been wow. knocked over because of light. And it just needs to be, you know, someone needs to blow their nose and they'll blow over. <laughs> so so um, it's always a good idea that if you're using umbrellas, make sure that you use uh, sandbags to keep them in place so that or you've just got someone there holding them. I actually have someone holding them so that they don't blow over. Mm. So just be careful of that. All right? Okay. Um, next, uh, so you've tried the umbrella. The next thing that you can work on is, is, uh, is a scrim, which is like a, a big screen. It can be rectangle. It can be square where you've got, um, sort of a, a like a, a, a sheer material that, um, the flash can go through and you can use this as a light shaper. And then, so you can position that next to the person and put your flash through there. And that's, that's great for, um, shaping light and doing like full length shots. And, and, uh, it's, it's, it, that's a, like another great way to light people. What is a scrim made out of typically? Um, so it's, it's, it's a frame. So you'll have like a metal frame or you can actually, like I MacGyvered these to start with. So you can go to the hardware store and you can buy um, plumbing tubes, like, like thin pipes. Mm -hmm. and, and then you can buy like the angles that go with them. Yep. And then you can actually for like 20 bucks, I bet you one of our listeners has, has made yeah. one for sure. You, you, you make it and then you go to say a sailcloth manufacturer and get them to cut you out a square and sew it, and you just like um, put it over the um, the screen, the the um, frame, and you've got a scrim. So it's very like very cheap sailcloth. Yeah. So um, or you can uh, go to you know I hate fabric shops. I've talked about this. <laughs> they have attitude. They've got a tone about them. Yes. But if you can brave, go if you're handy with a sewing machine, you can actually go into a fabric shop and find that that sort of material and just like sew the edges and um, put it over the screen and you can make your own scrim. Mm -hmm. And it's really good. The sailcloth's probably the, the best part. Yeah. And so and um, just remember with scrims, the larger you can get them. 
as, make it as big as you can, the softer the light. So if you can make like a really big one, it's like five five feet tall and and uh, uh, three feet uh, wide. Uh, that that's uh, that's going to be a really great, beautiful soft light source. A bit difficult to cart around in the car. No, because they collapse down and they roll up into just like a little ah. roll. That's what's good. So what you do is you get your pipe and you put um, elastic through the pipe. So that when you pull it all, it all comes apart. Right, and then it's, clever. And then, and then it's just like a long, yeah, like a, a tiny, tent. like a tent. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, that that works very well. Great. Okay. Yeah. What next? Um. All right. So then we've got. Um. So, the next light shaper. If I could pick a light shaper that I would take. To a, uh, a deserted island with me. If uh-huh. I could only take one light shaper, right. it'd be the softbox. Okay. Okay. <laughs> because... I don't know what you're going to get up to on this deserted island, but okay. I'd not be shooting, wouldn't I? Would oh, I still I be working? Yeah. Like, you know? You can, yeah. Okay. Okay. Softbox. I'd start a business okay. on the deserted <laughs> island, Val. I'd have my own... Well, I'd find people. Okay. All right. So... Um, I use it for about 80% on my lighting situation because I find that I can control it. Um, The light is really soft and uh, malleable and you can control the angle. I can bring it in closer. I can light exactly. It's, uh, it goes from light to shadow really beautifully. And like, it's, it's the perfect, it's subtle. It's beautiful. It's Mm -hmm. soft and as good as Nutella, though. <laughs> it's good it's, as Nutella. It's as good as Nutella. Okay, all right. You know, it's the Nutella of light, of light <laughs> shapers, I would have to say. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> but, okay, so let's say how how often when you're doing daylight shoots do you think you're using a softbox? About 80% of the time, probably, I would. Yeah. So really? um, I've got my softboxes that I have now uh, uh, I've got Chimera brands and they're, they're they're like okay so I'm using my soft boxes all the time and and basically I uh, don't keep them set up they pack down they pack down into like a, a long uh, about a meter long tube uh, and and they roll up and so putting them up, putting them up and pulling them down again just the pressure on that if I had cheap ones, uh, they would have fallen apart because yeah. it's like they've been opened and closed thousands of times. So I've gone for the heavy-duty ones for for that reason. Okay. And they've also got, like, what I love about the quality of light is they've got, like, a couple of layers of diffusion in them. So it, it is a really soft light. It actually um, it, it replicates window light for me, like a soft morning window light. So, so imagine so it like a window, really. Well, it's just yeah, like a big a window. window that you can portable take away. And, you know, if I'm doing a location and portrait, I, I might just use one. And so most of the time, if it's just single portraits, one is enough. You can bring them right up next to someone's face and it'll, it'll wrap around. You'll get a bit of modelling on the side of the face. You can have them right side on um, and have split lighting. Uh, it's just like the most versatile light. That's why I love them. Okay, great. So what in what situations would you specifically be using soft boxes or are they just like a default thing that you use, you know, because they're just so good? Well, I use them most like they're my go-to. So when I'm using, if, if I'm working in the studio, um, I use uh, two big soft boxes. So if I've got like most of my um, like uh, advertising, promo, covers, all of that generally will have two soft boxes um, at the front. And uh, do you want to know where I got this lighting style from? Val? Go on. So um, 20 years ago, I'm flicking through Vanity Fair and I see a behind the scenes of uh, Annie Leibovitz mm-hmm. had shot um, Leonardo DiCaprio mm-hmm. out on location somewhere i can't remember where but she's outside two soft boxes and i've liked that's the first i've never seen anyone work with two soft boxes like that and so that she taught any legal it's taught me how to <laughs> <laughs> okay so that's why i use the, the the two soft boxes so like uh 
for, for all those kinds of shoots, most covers uh, that, that controls the lighting and, and most, what if I'm using two soft boxes, one will be my main light and the second one will be half power. So I might have mm. just to bring in a little bit of fill down the side. Right, so, so that's a, there's some difference in the... Yeah, they're, they're not both at the same power. And so mm. we've done this with you, Val, with your um, movie lighting yes. that we've got. I gave you the same scenario. Yes. So you've got two soft boxes yep. and I, you, I set them up at 45 degree angle. They're both at the same distance from the model. One is set at half power and one is full power because the yep. one on, on one side is just for a little bit of fill down the side. So you've, you, you've got shadow but it's lit, which just gives you a cleaner, nicer shadow. It, it, it's like you get more detail in the shadow, and I just think it looks better. Otherwise, if they're both on the same power, it looks very flat. It does look really flat. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. um, yeah, so soft boxes are brilliant. So, beauty lights. Yes. So, um, maybe explain to people what beauty lights are. So beauty lights are really popular with uh, fashion photographers mostly. Mm -hmm. And then you'll see them like when you see uh, all the ads for makeup in magazines, you mm -hmm. know, the really high-end ads and yeah. uh, any, any, any of those high-end fashion like L'Oreal and uh, perfume shots and things like that where you'll see a close-up or, um, you know, rock stars and things like that. They're all using beauty lights. So it's actually a big dish and it'll, it'll sit up above the model and shoot down on them so basically what it does is it it, it, it makes um uh, uh bone structure really stand out so it, it shows off it makes people look amazing but it's limited in 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 who you can use it for because um it actually shows every single pore on the face wow so um you wouldn't use it on an older skin tone because no. it, and it, because it, it, it it's 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 such a hard light and you can't use it on even if you've got like a 12 year old on set and you use that light you still have to retouch the photos because it's like it just captures every single detail but once wow. it's retouched it looks amazing it's amazing this is like there's a reason they use it with beauty lighting so mm -hmm. it's something you'd um you'd have a have a play with i've got i've actually bought a beauty dish um really cheaply that I can use with a speed light and it was like you know 50 or 60 dollars it's really heavy but it's a great light and so you, you can get that and this is like a knockoff brand and I've used it for I still use it now and um it works beautifully so it's a, it's a good it's a good light to, and, and they're heavy so they're not going to blow over outside and they're perfect for using outside so when you say it's a dish is it like a donut or is it like What's it actually like? So, you know those pendant lights that hang from um from the ceiling? Mm -hmm. They're like a like a like a like a like a half dish. Yes. That's exactly okay. what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great. And so um yeah, and 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 so it's a, like it's it's actually a hard light and it's a, a controlled light. So what you get is the um the difference between highlight and shadow it drops away really quickly mm -hmm. um and so and and that's the that's the quality that the 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 you know people are looking for who use them because yeah. it gives you that definition so you'll get like under the chin goes black like the, there's no definition under there it's not yeah. like a soft wrapped light that you'll get with a with a soft box so it's great for definite and, and it makes everyone's jaw lines look really strong it makes cheek cheekbones look really sharp mm. it just makes people look good but you've got to retouch afterwards so okay. it's great but it's it's like it's one that you would want to use after you've had a go, after you've mastered, like it's not, yeah. The or umbrella I, Ella, I would, Ella. I would, I would, I would be using umbrella Ella Ella mm -hmm. first, and then I'd move to softbox, mm -hmm. and then you, like um, you might want to then have a play with uh, with beauty dish and see see how you go with that because it is it is a tricky light, and if it's not. If it's not angled in the right way, you're going to get awful shadows like, you know, from the nose across the face or 
you've got to be really, really specific with how you light with that. And like the Umbrella Ella Ella and Softbox, is there are there cheap versions of beauty dishes? Yeah, and yeah. So I just said versions. there was like the one. So yeah. I bought a I bought a cheap beauty dish, and mm-hmm. um, but then you can get the expensive ones. So you would you would want to have um, you perfectly fine to try the the cheap one that I've got is great because it fits with my. You can use it with a speed light as well. Right. What right. next? Um, so and the, and like you can play around with other reflectors if you're using beauty dishes um, as well. So uh, the the other one which is like a beauty dish and you can use this like a beauty dish is a grid spot. So basically, um, you've got your light source and this is more for using when you've got you can get grid spots for speed lights, but they're like it's such a small light that they're a lot harder to use. And not great for portraits, but you can get mostly the grid spots I use are for um, my uh, flashlights, my monoblocks. And basically, you've got a reflector on the light, and then you will have like a, a small like grid dish, like a honeycomb grid that fits over the light. And what it does is it focuses the light beam, mm. so that you can you can put a. a your flash into a specific area so i would use these say if i was just doing a portrait and i only wanted to light someone's face Mm -hmm. that's it Mm -hmm. outside Mm -hmm. so sometimes i'll be shooting a portrait outside the light is great everything looks amazing but it might be um just too even all around the the light's not there's just not Mm -hmm. enough contrast It's, it's great it looks beautiful so just to give it a bit of edge i might just use a grid spot for that so so I would drop lower my uh, exposure for the background so it was a bit darker and and then I would just like put a little bit of a grid into their face which would be make it say a half a stop over what everything else is. It's a very cool looking light source and you can control just tick, 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 wherever you want to. <laughs> okay. a tiny little bit. <laughs> Great. All right. Mm-hmm. So um, and grid spots not that expensive to buy and um, again they're, they're like quite if you've got them on the light outside uh, they're, they're heavy so they're, they're never going to fall over so it's a it's a good one to use outside because it, ne- it never blows over the next one is uh, and one I've been using a lot over the last couple of years is a Fresnel uh, light modifier and it's like a spotlight that you can focus like those you know those old school uh, movie lights yeah so you can actually focus the uh, the beam so you get like a round uh, spotlight yeah okay and so these have become really groovy in fashion but also like a lot of celebrity photography as well and this is just the most beautiful light source is like everyone looks amazing so it's like a cross between soft and hard lighting mm. i don't know how but it is <laughs> and it, it, it is beautiful so um these were like uh, invented by like the guy it's the same technology that they use for lighthouses oh really but yeah so it's a fo- mm. it's a beam that you can focus but right. it's probably not that powerful because that, that will blind people <laughs> but you know just imagine if you went to a lighthouse and you just go dave can you can you just focus the the light no no to the left (laughs) and you could light just like a whole group with a light and then but then there's all these boats that yeah yeah they can't can't find their way into the harbor so um so the fresnels just look and, and 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 because it's a focus beam what happens is you get like you can light your person, but that looks really cool because you get that shadow around mm. the person as well. Mm. So um, there's some examples on my website of like these shots that you can see, um, and it just looks really cool. Uh, a beautiful light. It's one of my so favourites like at the moment. Lighting. It's movie lighting. Mm. It's beautiful. Everyone mm. looks amazing. Yeah, it's like yeah, Norma Desmond lighting. Like 1940s yeah, sort exactly, of, you know, exactly. movie, movie lighting. So it's it's mm. a like, yeah, very, very cool. I used to have... It's like when they say, of, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to have an actual... you Like, if you ever happen to chance on, like, a garage sale and you see one of these old-school lights that are not necessarily a flash style, but the tungsten mm. model of these, they are around and sometimes people have them and they actually don't know they buy it because it's like a beautiful light to mm. just use as as like as tungsten, uh, which is continuous lighting. Awesome. All right. What next? So next, um, we've got another light that I've used a lot lately and it's called the Octobox, okay? Oh. And oh, that, so, is that like the Octomum? Yeah. <sighs> 
No. <laughs> okay. You watch too much reality TV. You really do. It's like, it's an issue. It's becoming a problem. No, it's, it's like, not. It's like you need to join RA. What's that? Reality Anonymous. <laughs> and you go, hi, my name's Valerie Koo. I, I watch Real Housewives. Yeah, you love it. And you watch every other real... Not every. You watch them all, Val. No, I you don't. You do. Let's, we digress. What's the Octo Box? <laughs> it's not an Octo... Octo-Art Box. <laughs> Octo-Art Box. So basically an Octo Box is what you get if a softbox and an umbrella got married and had babies. <laughs> Like Octo Mumsy. I guess so. You would have eight little eight little umbrellas. So it's um it has a it's got a soft light like it's mummy, the soft box, but it spreads its light around just like it's daddy, the umbrella. <laughs> oh my god but what does that achieve so and it's also like you know it's probably got a bit of beauty dish in there as well so the other quality that it has it's it's a bit of a pizza (laughs) (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. um it but it's got a great light so you get i use them um i've now started using them on set with i've got my two soft boxes i bring the octa boxes in as well now just to add it up and i use them uh on location if i just want a single light so basically you get the softness of a soft box um you get a little bit more spread like an umbrella but you also get the um the the drop off in shadow like mm. you do with a beauty dish so it it basically gives you a really great jawline to people wow. um but you got to be really careful how you light people so again with the octobox i generally have it above the face and shooting down but a bit flat because if you have it too high up it's going to be like the lighting you've got in this room Val (laughs) so you catch all the lights under the eyes and it's not good so there is there is a technique uh to using it so it's so worth a try it's a really beautiful lighting they're not cheap though right and there isn't any knockoffs that I've seen so it's like so I've got a deep it's only a matter of time that they'll have, yeah, they no. probably. I mean, have a look. I reckon everything's been. Uh, there's knockoffs of everything, and or there's someone who's uh, MacGyvered them as mm. well. Okay, mm. um, and the great thing about all of these light shapers, Val, is you can use them in mixed situations. Mm-hmm. So, like sometimes, what I might do is uh, say I'm lighting a room set. Mm. I might use uh, the umbrellas. Mm. to recreate daylight so Mm -hmm. that's my first layer of lighting so Mm -hmm. that spreads all the light around and it lights up the room and then I might introduce say um, uh, an octobox Mm -hmm. to give a directional light and then I might use say uh, a grid spot to bring in a hair light from the back so that's a hard light can you define what you mean by hair light so a hair light is like a light that skims over the hair and lights up lights up the back of the hair so So the light's actually behind behind to the person you Mm. know so so if i was wanting to um differentiate between the times that i might use hard light over soft light um hard light is great for lighting areas like the backs of people's head to separate them from the background so it's perfectly fine to use like a harder style of light for that so grid spot is great for that as well as using it in the front if you wanted to so so yeah like don't be afraid to experiment and try different styles of lighting and combine them together to give it like a a, you know a really cool look to your shots Mm, awesome wow so that's uh light shapers wow that's a crash course in light shapers exactly i I learned heaps yep heaps yeah um goodness me if anyone has a question about this please do um leave a comment on the show notes which you can find at ginamilitia.com or email us pod, um, news at ginamilitia.com we want to give a shout out to all of you who have left us um some great reviews and ratings mm. on itunes we'd really appreciate it thank you so much to geezer geek 15 who says <laughs> thanks for the fantastic podcast gina and valerie it's great to hear a practical, positive, no-nonsense discussion around portrait, celebrity, and lifestyle aspects of photography, which is refreshing compared to some of the more gear-focused 
or nostalgia-based podcasts are out. Uh, she loves hearing about Nutella. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Geezer Geek. And also thank you to Jaro Young, who has said a great podcast format with a very accomplished photographer for both new and more experienced shooters. Valerie and Gina are a great combination. I look forward to many more episodes. So thank you, Jaro Young. Thank you. And if you have 30 seconds in your day, we would be so grateful if you could give us a review because it really helps us in the uh, ratings on iTunes. Uh, we love doing this podcast and we hope to continue bringing yeah. it to you. Uh, you know, we're full of practical tips and ideas and, uh, you know, more Gina language that you might learn all these technical terms like kaka. Uh-huh. Uh, but um, what are you going to be doing for the rest of the week, Gina? Well, I'm going to be continuing to shoot up here in Sydney. So uh, it's another 5 a.m. call, so more lifestyle um we're heading uh we've got uh restaurants to oh, like there's so much stuff so it's more lifestyle what are you up to for the rest of the week Val? well uh something a little bit different but it's all because of you in a sense uh-huh uh we're house hunting my partner and i are house hunting and one of the reasons is you may remember you know we got the fancy camera a couple of months ago and we decided i think i mentioned this in the in the podcast a couple of episodes ago that we were going to go through the alphabet and you know visit a suburb starting with a first and do some photo essays there then go the next weekend go to a suburb with b and do some photo essays next suburb you know starts with c yeah Anyway, we started off with A, and we've been stuck on A. We we went to this suburb, and we decided that we liked it so much that we're going to move there. So instead of doing the photo essays for the ensuing weeks, we've been house hunting in that suburb. So that's what we'll be, we're continued to because awesome. we're at the pointy end of some negotiations. And um, yes, that's our photography led us to discover this new suburb. Awesome. <laughs> so uh, I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah, yeah. But uh, give us a shout out. I mean it. Connect with us on social media. Um, Gina is at? At Gina Militia on Twitter, at Gina Militia on Instagram. And I love uh, seeing your stuff. Thanks for tagging me. We love we love seeing the photos. And Gina Challenge has been yes. awesome. Hashtag Gina Challenge. So hashtag Gina Challenge this week. The theme, in case there are some newbie listeners, we have a hashtag Gina Challenge and we have a new theme every week. So that might be, you know, portraits. It might be lighting. It might be this. It might be that. Uh, what is going to be our theme this week? And the reason for this is so that we can all share our photos and yep. look at each other's photos and, you know, ask each other's questions or, or, you know, chat about each other's photos. And you can do hashtag Gina Challenge on Instagram or put put it on our Google Plus page, which, you know, just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer on Google Plus. And that's been really good, hasn't it, Val? Because it's like not only am I – I will happily critique your shots in there and there's like people have been sharing their shots and they've been amazing, but – Everyone else in the in yeah. the group has been uh, critiquing and helping, and Great. it's a really nice group. So if you're listening to the show, come and join us because it's a really great community, really supportive. Everyone has great ideas as well, and uh, like lots of knowledge in there too. So and even if you don't want to participate in hashtag Gina Challenge yet, just come and join the community anyway, and have a look at what other people are putting yep. up, and feel free to you know talk to everyone about that as well. So what do you think we should have this week for hashtag Gina Challenge? Well, light shape, light, light yeah. shape. Now, <clears throat> the theme is light shape, but bear in mind, if you don't have a light shaper or light modifier in any way yet, if you're still new at it and you don't have an umbrella Ella Ella, you can still interpret light shape however you like. So, but you can also try and MacGyver a light shape or, if you or like, yes. work with window to, to shape light as well. Yes, it's a very broad it's brief. It's very broad so <laughs> thank you so much for listening everybody we look forward to chatting to you next week and um we'll talk to you then thanks guys thanks for listening to so you want to be a photographer for more information free resources and gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer visit GinaMilitia.com.